and welcome to the Jagoff Hour. And that was my attempt at making Jaguar noises. Oh. Is this a hand hug? Do you like no, this? No, hand hug's like this. Yeah. That's basically a hand hug. hand hug. That's holding hands. That's not a hand hug. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm he not. isn't cultured. Is it because I'm Mexican? Yeah, mostly. That's exactly why. Actually, it's mostly because of the dent that you have in your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, guys. <laughs> we, are, we are now live. Um, Welcome, oh, welcome. Oh my. <laughs> Thanks for just being here, guys, and just being mean to me. Um, Nino. How you doing? I'm high. Bro, this is every episode. I am just, I'm up there, I'm up there. I'm up there with like Wiz and Snoop. Nah. Give me a second, I'll focus. I promise, I promise. But yeah, it's another episode of the Drag Off Hour. <laughs> yes, sir. It's that time, it's that time. Yeah. What do you got written in your notebook? Yeah. Dude, so I've got a bunch of different shit in my notebook today. Like just random shit we can talk about. I would say today, this podcast, bro, we're gonna we're gonna talk about like just because the fight card this weekend is absolutely wild, but we're gonna mainly focus on like the UFC, uh, some of their statistics and just all around like the proliferation of MMA, bro. Like it's so crazy. This sport, this sport that we all love. This sport that so many people have tried, it legitimately just wasn't a thing 20 years ago. You know, like it was like super underground, super sketchy. But yeah, today I've got the man, the myth, the legend, the thunder thighs. Bro, yes, sir. Now I'm talking about me again. I keep introducing myself. Um, He's lost in the sauce. I am lost in the sauce right now, my guy. We can talk about Mario's combos. <laughs> Bro, fuck you and fuck you, Super Smash Bros. Okay, hit us with the topic, Justin. Damn, dude, okay. Basically, Nintendo started Muay Thai. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Nintendo started Muay Thai. New episode, guys. Um, so, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> We're here with... Brandon, the kid, coward. We got BTK. I still don't like that. Yeah. You gotta find something for you, bro. I'm just making up names. Okay. We got BTK. We got Professor Pucus. Hit us with something smart. You know? I wouldn't either. Hit us with something smart. It's good old PP on the Th other side. Bro, bro, bro. Throw me a quote. Throw me a quote. I know you have some like beautiful quotes just in your forehead. Let's hear them. A quote. Yes, dude. Like, just a beautiful quote. I know you know some philosophical type shit. Like, I've been on a real big stoicism kick lately. Like Marcus Aurelius. Yes, bro. Hit me with one. Uh, I mean, okay. So one I, I like that's kind of related to stoic philosophy would be Miyamoto Masashi said, "Think lightly of yourself and deeply of the world." Right. And like that's. Stoicism largely is to to think deeply about the world around you while working on the ego at the same time. That's what Marcus Aurelius' meditations was. You know, he was an emperor, but he was super aware of how fallible he was as an individual person. And so, you know, you read in a lot of his writings how um, unsure he was and how he needed to ask for help. And so... I need to do more of a dive into him, but he's, he's, I've always really liked Stoic philosophy specifically. Mm -hmm. Have you ever read meditations or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I've read bits and pieces. I haven't sat down and read 
his collection of meditations, you know, it's on my list, like a lot of us, a lot of other things. I've got a lot of, a lot of books that I own that I haven't read yet that I need to get to. Yeah. Dude, so listen to this. Uh, one of our guys at the gym, shout out to the man that lives and learn, the legendary Chris. Uh, I, I don't know if, like, I, I, I don't understand, like, I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm high as hell. So, he introduced me to this really good book. It's called the. I actually brought it. Uh, the Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching. Yeah, yeah. The Tao Te Ching is. Tao Te Ching. Is uh, awesome. It's um, a it's a really good book. Yeah. Uh, like I'm only like thirty pages deep, so I'm I'm not like woke uh but it's it's really interesting like there's a lot of parts that i just do not understand at first yeah and i mean it's a book that seems very simple on the surface but if as you read them it's like a like taoism is a very contemplative practice and so a lot of the Tao Te Ching is just essentially things to sit and contemplate to ponder right like um you know because there's there's a couple different kinds of like meditative practice. Uh, you know, there's mindfulness practice, which is having like a point of attention, whether that's, it usually is the breath or the posture of some kind. And you essentially anchor your attention to a fixed point and you try to let the background noise fall away and stay present on whatever that thing happens to be. So like, I like this school of meditation called um, Dharma Ocean. I guess they're disbanded now, but it was originally by... Is that a cult? It, <laughs> it sounds like a cult, it's but not, you said disbanded. It sounds like a cult. Well, I mean, just like... I mean, people... I don't... Right, there's... Many things can be disbanded. Well, no, I, I guess there's, there's... There can be a good message and issues with the messenger. So the guy who ran it, Dr. Reginald Ray, um, he was a PhD in religious studies who studied under um, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, but he apparently, allegedly, um, had some like weird shit going on with the females in, you know, like as many people in power do. Um, and so they decided, other people within the, the organization decided to disband it. But I digress. The, so anyway, in this, that particular school of meditation, you use the posture as your point of attention. You have 22 different points of posture to think about as you're sitting there, um, which is nice because it gives you more stuff to focus on than just the breath. And obviously there's a lot more involved in this and there's a lot of terminology and phraseology involved. But yeah, so then the idea is that eventually posture will become the stimulus for mindfulness as you're focusing on your posture throughout the day, you're triggered back into a state of like being mindful in the moment and that has shown to have many benefits and improved brain function across different scales. Um, but then there's Taoism, sorry, I'm ranking over here, but there's Taoism, which would be a more contemplative practice, which is thinking about very specific, thinking about or asking very specific questions and um, trying to let the answer arise from within you, from like an impartial place. And so, and it's like a cool, it, it, it's a very I understand way that because I'm the Jag. 
Okay. A lot of the things I do, bro, I'm just like naturally like an animal. I like, like when it comes to being a black belt in most things, it, all I gotta say is like, it is what it is, bro. It comes from within. It comes from the jag being jag. The jag hitting jag. Yes, sir. Uh, so instead of talking about that cult and whatever the fuck cultist type <laughs> shit you're on right now, uh, and a beautiful book by the name of the Dao Te Ching, I would say, dude, honestly, like, how did you get into jujitsu? Like, what really attracted you to the idea of jujitsu? Um, so, I mean, a big part of it was getting involved in wrestling. Uh, so I really started, I started wrestling as a way to stay in shape for, for football when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. That's a lot of football players. Um, you know, and eventually, um, you know, I was like a, a, I was a chubby kid, so I did well in football. I played on the line, and then as I got into high school and started wrestling and thinning out, you know, I wasn't as competitive on the football. I played like center at 135 my my like sophomore and junior year and then I just or my sophomore year and then my junior year I eventually just stopped. You must have had a small school. No, we were a class A we were a huge school. I was just I was good I mean I was good. I was quick off the line. I'd get underneath the guy's shoulder pads and use leverage or I'd chop lock and um, but yeah, at the varsity level you're not you know, if you're that I, I was never gonna play. Yeah. Hey, so Brandon, have you ever watched Blindside? Yes. He's the guy from Blindside. No. <laughs> uh, I like a six foot four black guy. <laughs> but so, so anyway, <laughs> so, so I got more involved in wrestling and like starting to wrestle during the summer and then like went to some camps, you know, trained pretty hard, ended up getting injured and like never really making like a serious competitive run in wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and frankly, by that time, I wasn't very, like, disciplined my senior year in high school. I was the captain of the team, and I, I did my dues, but I was, like, very ready to, like... Like, how did you learn about jujitsu? I'm getting... In particular. I'm getting there. You gotta, you gotta let them toast. Build up. Uh, okay, my bad. <laughs> I just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jack. Uh, but, Some so, I knew, so anyway, um, long story short, ended up in college, really missed... Um, competing like really miss grappling and had been a fan of joe rogan for a while heard him talk about jujitsu um so it had always really been on my plate and then i had just like some shit go down in my personal life and shout I, out to my boy joe bro yeah and then i just decided to pull the trigger and i went to class and i, I started at this place called detroit jujitsu um, in Dearborn, Michigan, and started training with those guys there. And they've turned out a number of, like, seriously competitive black belts. Um, Danny, the head coach there, the Salo Hibera black belt, he's a very, very nice guy. I have nothing but, like, love and respect for those guys. They got me started. They really, like, Danny took an interest in me and, like, really helped me out when I got there. Um, and he was actually the first person who put in my mind that I could be good at jiu-jitsu. I remember he asked me, like, you know, I told him I was going to school, and he was like, well, what are you studying? And I, was, I told him, neuroscience. He's like, okay, that's important. You should go do that. Like, he's like, but otherwise I was going to ask you, like, tell you you should stay. Um, so then I moved up to Michigan State and started training with uh, 
with this guy, William Vincent, who eventually became one of my best friends. And he's a, a Chris Hodder black belt. He, he was a, you know, trained out in, at 10 Planet Lombard for a long time and then eventually got his black belt under Chris Hodder. And, and him and I became really tight. That's a big jujitsu school. Hodder? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the dirty dozen, so he was one of the first 12 Americans to get the black belt. Oh, that's crazy. Um, and he's based out of California. He's got, like, this spot called, the ba- it's like the infamous basement, where like or garage, excuse me, where he's got, like, his garage kitted out with mats and stuff. And, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he's been a black belt for a long, long, long time, like, you know, 20-plus years or something. Um, and... I bet that man's done some dojo storms. And so, yeah, and so yeah, and so you know, at first, I uh, I went in there and I did okay against a couple white belts because I had some wrestling experience. And then Danny, my first coach, uh, he threw. The, I'll never forget this. He basically paired me with this this purple belt, and he this guy proceeded to beat the ever living shit out of me for like the next six minutes straight. I mean, he must have tapped me like. 15 times in five, six minutes. Sounds very familiar. And, <laughs> Sounds very, very familiar. And, huh? and, I just, <laughs> and I just look over at Danny, and Danny's just looking at me like, seeing how I'm going to take it. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, not like, I mean, you know, I was like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be a rough ride. <laughs> and, and from there I was hooked. I was like, I have to learn how to do this. Like, I have to learn how to, to become good at the sport. And so I just got really heavily involved and at the time I was working so I would commute an hour each way and then cut like I basically leave the house at five in the morning so I could beat rush hour and get home before class and like get to class on time and then when I moved up to school um, before I bought my car I was biking like a mile and a half each way every day to get to class and like carrying my gi with me um, but you felt like the shit yeah, and it was like, it was like I was just I was hooked from day one, and then you know basically had been with the exception of tearing my meniscus and, and being out for a while with surgery, and like they tried to repair it, and then COVID, oh. you know, it's pretty much been an obsession since I started. Um, just like all day, every day, my thoughts are consumed with with jujitsu. Yeah. Just like pattern recognition, seeing somebody sit a certain way, and you're like, damn, they're cheeked up. But like, <laughs> ah. Um, no, it's That's more... the sound of me choking somebody out, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's more like, I heard, I heard Ben Askren describe it in a way that I think is useful and similar to the way that I think about jiu-jitsu all the time. Is he, he said he has two grapplers that are constantly just going at it in his head. And that's how he like invented stuff and... And so for me, it's like running through different techniques and seeing where they tie together and constantly almost having this like... You're kind of like chess. You're trying to think of what they're going to do ahead of time. Yeah, and just like this background game of running, exactly, running different scenarios and different, um, like doing data crunching, essentially. One of my favorite things in the world is like when I'm walking around, I'm like, damn, how could I cheat that man? <laughs> I'm like, yo, his hands are right there, so I can cheat him right there. Or I could throw a kick... Like, yeah. I'm not going to do it, do it, but I just like to see that the options there. Like, I like walking into somewhere with just the knowledge of knowing martial arts, like knowing anything that I know. Like, ever since I started learning about boxing back, like, fucking senior year, bro, I felt like the baddest motherfucker in every store I walked in. Like, I look around, I'm like, I could take that old woman. 
Well, <laughs> no, he's just, just so I think just one KO. I think one, one really, one really interesting thing about martial arts is like it can it consumes people in a big way. Like people who get involved with it, it becomes a huge part of their identity, and I think, um, I think a big part of that is that. It's so complex. Uh, many of the reasons we talked about last time, but but essentially, like people get addicted to the pursuit of perfection and something where the results matter to them, um, as well as there being like a community and yada. And there's all this other stuff involved too. But it's like there's this path towards perfection that all humans are striving for, or most, or at least the seekers are looking for on some level, and it just embodies that in such a way. And then I think one issue that fighters face is that they like mistake that for like, this is who I am. And because that's, it gives them the sense of self-worth that everybody's looking for. And they're like, I am only a fighter. And then when they have to stop, right, it's really bad for them. Because depression, everything. Yeah. And so some, that's something like Miyamoto Masashi talks about in the book of five rings is how that, what you should see that as is, is is inspiration for other facets of your life, that path towards greatness, because the path towards greatness is the same. The Tao Te Ching. Well, that's not the Miyamoto. path what? of one way yeah, or the okay. way. Yeah, yeah, the way. A pretty controversial man. He was a samurai. I mean, I mean, yeah, but he was so, good with a sword. So, so yeah, that's he killed a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. take his <laughs> take his advice with a grain of salt, but but basically, like his premise was. The path to greatness is the same in everything. No matter what, once you weigh, once you see the way broadly, you'll know it in all things. Meaning, like once you understand what the path to perfection is, you'll see how that applies to every other facet of your life, and how working hard and being disciplined and making sacrifices and all of those things like lead up to being to anyway. So yeah. So it's the it's a it's a tool, not the identity. I don't know if that makes sense. But I, I get understand. Tra- yeah, yeah, I no, get no, lost no. in that. Yeah, no, 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 dude. I completely understand. Uh, I would say for me, like the way I originally got into like martial arts. Period. Uh, same kind of ish background, like just wrestling in school to originally stay fit for football, and then like finding out, I was like, oh shit, this is kind of this is kind of dope. And then I just wrote on knee injuries in high school because of football. And uh, basically, I could have went pro. No, uh, I would say like after, like when I got towards senior year and realized I wasn't doing wrestling anymore. uh, At that point, dude, I just like I set my sights on learning more. Like I wanted to learn boxing. Because I could wrestle dudes when I fought, like I could take them down to the ground and do whatever I wanted. But because I, I always got in fights, like at least every year, because I, I grew up with an older brother. Uh, it was just, it was habitual. Um, <laughs> but we really, like, that was just like, I, I realized that. And I, I realized when I stood up, I, I remember one time I was fighting this dude and I, like, I closed my hand. And I was like, now how do you really throw this? And I remember at that point, I was like, damn, I am a wrestler. And now I've really just just flipped that shit because now I'm a striker. I love striking. Uh, 
but yeah, literally, dude, I did boxing for my senior project in high school, and me and my me and my best friend at the time, Jish uh, Money, um, we really like we boxed each other for our senior project. That's what we did. Like that was our end little like presentation thing. It was awesome. I was so happy with it. Um, long story short, I did that, and then I just I didn't really like the culture where I was. Uh, I don't need to throw shade, so I won't, I won't do it, but, but it rhymes with, no, I'm just kidding. Mary, no, no. <laughs> um, seriously though, like, it just like, I don't know, dude, there was something, something about it. And then I always had to drive like a big road to get there and it was horrible traffic every time. You're telling me. Yeah, dude, you drove an hour for jujitsu classes. That's crazy. That's a really a thing. That's really a thing. Love the beginning. Yes, sir. <laughs> I like. I see that now, but like, I don't know. The culture just wasn't there at the gym. Uh, and then I tried to start doing kickboxing because I liked boxing. That shit was pretty raw. I just didn't like. It felt like my body was limited. Kickboxing is a good introduction to doing, you know, striking. So it gives it basic drill. And just to like to add something that I think is is useful here in terms of like talking about martial arts and what they do. It's like I was thinking about this when we were talking about the history of, of jujitsu and Muay Thai is, is there's kind of like three distinct areas that at least jujitsu falls into and maybe Muay Thai does too, and that's like MMA, right? Gi jujitsu submission grappling which i like no gi jiu-jitsu essentially and then i guess i would say self-defense as well yeah um and they're all different they're, they're all very different skill sets there's a lot of overlap right and you're using the same technique and somebody who's good at sports jiu-jitsu will probably have a leg up but like you know the because you said you, you're more of a striker now but you're that's also because you're more geared towards fighting Right, like you eventually want to go to MMA, and so only so much jujitsu is practical for you, right? And like we've seen in MMA, like with Gary Tony's recent fight, or even like in combat jujitsu, like you can't sit and play the legs in in a, in a fight. You can't just sit and like leg pummel and try to sh- sit down on someone and hit a straight ankle or a leg lock because for all those who right don't know, face. Gary Tonin is an extremely uh, skilled, like one of the best in the world jujitsu guys, and he fights for one championship. And one is like one of the biggest international fight promotions. It's held in Singapore. This man was on a huge win streak, mm-hmm. huge terrible. and like dominant too, man. Mm-hmm. Very dominant. the shit out of everybody. Destroying people. Like, literally bring them into the depths. And he tried it on this one dude, and this dude just... Yeah. The champion, right? Yeah. 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 And he literally just... He inverted for a leg lock. He ended up, I think, I believe, backside 50-50. And and Han just turned turned around and fucking just nailed him from the top and knocked him out. It was cold. Yeah. Um, And fast. Yeah. And, uh, so, so anyway, sorry, I just think, but that, I think that's an important thing to talk about because like, you know, the amount, for example, like the amount of time that you're spending on Muay Thai is disproportionate to the amount of time you're spending in jujitsu because you're geared towards fighting. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And in MMA, at least what it looks like is you need to have an ability to wrestle because you can't get taken down. You need to have an ability to escape. And then most of the work is done standing other than other than that. Unless there's just some dominant guy like Khabib. Like Charles Oliveira, Khabib yeah. type dudes. Yeah, who will just take you down and maul you. Um, mm-hmm. But like, so yeah, and in like our style of grappling, like in submission, in no-gi grappling, yeah, I'm going to spend a lot of time playing fancy guards, you know, and trying different movements that I would never try if I was in, like, a self-defense situation, you know? Me, personally, so, I'd, I'd probably just, like, punch through somebody, like, just straight through the chest cavity. Yeah. Yeah. Like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? They kind of, oh, like, man. I'm the Jag, bro. Like, where do you think they got that from? <laughs> Come on, be real now. I'm pretty like, sure that movie you know, like was made before and, you were born. Like in Dumb and Dude. Dumber. <laughs> when he's in the fucking yeah. scene killing <laughs> All you gotta know, all you gotta know, is I did some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it ended up with what? <laughs> Worshipped as a god. Oh, okay. Sergeant El Haguayer, like the myth. The so, myth. So, and how, how many fights have you had now? 83. Minus. 80, yeah. Minus 83 seven. minus 80. Yeah. 83 minus 80. And oh. Yeah, four. I was gonna, uh, dude, I am four as far as I'm considered. So, as far as everybody else is concerned, he's three and oh right now. Yeah. Legitimately, on the record books, I am three and oh. Yeah. Um, I was I was training for a fight and I got COVID for two weeks. Oh, and I was just testing positive over and over right at the end, like literally so, three weeks out. And I got COVID for two of those weeks. So, one thing we should also talk about is uh, the, the, the dent in your head. <laughs> and, oh, how, dude. and how you got the dent in your head and how but that, that made you feel like. How that's affected your fighting and whether you feel like it's affected your fighting. That's really interesting. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you ended up training at Rogue. Sorry to fast forward the story. but Yeah, okay, you've dude. Been, you've this... been training there for how long now? Two and a half years? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a mishap. Well, you've, you've been and you've had three amateur fights, won all of them. Does that include PKD? I have not won all my PKBs. Uh, with like the little tournaments I've went around and done. Uh, PKB is points kickboxing. Yeah, well, essentially, like it's it's hosted by an organization called the IKF, the International and, Kickboxing Federation. Yes, sir, and it's ran by this man Johnny Davis. Uh, Essentially, it's like we go to a tournament and we just swing, and Johnny Davis is in the background somewhere screaming, "Points not power! Points not power!" And people are just throwing haymakers. It's a it's a lot of fun. The only thing they don't let you th- do is like throw elbows. It's semi contact kickboxing. Gotcha. Uh, but I I was thinking about that when I went into my first one, and then I get my shit rattled, and I was like, "All right, uh, it's on." <laughs> Uh, it's it's really different. You you don't know how to prepare for it. Long story short, bro, I would say if we count like the, I've had about one, two, three, four, maybe five or six, <laughs> five or six tournaments. I was trying to think of them. So I was counting on my fingers. I was like, I fought this dude, this dude, this dude, in that a dude. Tournament? Are you fighting multiple times in one night? You can, yeah, absolutely. So uh, so let's call it ten. That'd be pretty dope. Um, 
But I, I've went around, done a bunch of these tournaments, and at first I got nothing but L's. Like the first two times I went in tournaments, I went home with the little like loser medal. You know what I'm saying? Like the little the participation. Yes, mm-hmm. bro, and that uh, shit hurt my heart shit. every time. I hate those moms who brought that into the world. Oh my god, dude! It just makes you feel worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you tried. My uh, my old jujitsu coach would not even go to the podium unless he got gold. Yeah. Just be like, I don't. We just use it at the next tournament. Like, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. But um. That's tough. Yeah, dude. I I had two fights in one night. Do you just hang those those participation medals like? Right next to like the assault bike or like right next to the squat rack and you're like, fuck you. Just like pumping as hard as you can. <laughs> Just the next Rocky. Yeah. I keep them visible, bro. That's all you got to know. <laughs> I keep them visible. I, I look at them and I'm like, it is what it is. Um, you got to start somewhere. I'm the Jag, bro. I basically started on top of the food chain. And then got bit by a wolf. I eat a kneecap. That's where we're going. Your head. Yeah, the dent. So we're you're trying to talk about the dent. Okay, so guys, <laughs> long story short. <laughs> the day after my birthday, I was getting ready for my fourth, or like, we were getting ready for another round of fights because we were fighting a lot at the gym. We're from Rogue Combat Club. Keep going. Your, your new I just thought it would be different. Yeah. Oh, I hate you. Yeah. I hate you. Two-Face. Uh, Why? Because it's Harvey Dent. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so, you're training for a fight at Rogue Combat Club. I was training for my new fight. And we were going really hard one day. It was <coughs> the day after my birthday. And uh, it was my 21st birthday. I'll get to it though, just wait. I was, it was my 21st birthday. I had a great time. We, I, I don't drink alcohol or anything like that because it affects the way I feel when I train. I train every fucking day. Uh, but I went up there, I had a great time uh, enjoying the flora there. Uh, wink, wink. <laughs> the plants. I got, I, I, I got it, you guys. Yeah, I think the audience he said, got it too. After he said, wink, wink. Yeah, I'm kind of hard to miss. Yeah. Um. Any. Anyways, completely legal up there. It was really interesting. I got to buy my first legal weeds for the first time. Uh, did how, all the weeds. How's that experience? It was really cool, man. Like you go up there, you show them your ID. They'll show you like a little catalog and stuff. Oh. Yeah, it's like a bar. Yeah, it's Mi- really it's, cool. It's legal in Michigan too, so where where I'm from, it's, yeah. yeah, we have legal pot. Yeah, but it, it was yeah, weird when I, yeah, dude, they literally like they deliver it to your room. I literally got That's it from like a shawarma place. Like I, I bought a fucking like a sh- a shawarma or like a falafel. Oh, so you were somewhere there where there's legal weed, but you bought illegal weed no dude so in on DC, a chicken plate and a <laughs> and an eighth please <laughs> exactly bro it was kind of it was really sketch actually um <laughs> no no but uh like so in dc it's illegal to sell weed but it's legal to gift weed ah gift yes 
with, uh, manda- with mandatory donations. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, they're yeah. called donations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a really interesting system up there. Uh, it's a really pretty drive. It's literally just a straight shot from where we are. Um, but I was getting ready for my fourth fight, and I was really excited. I was going as hard as I could. And I get back home from going on a day trip to D.C., uh, and I stay up there for a day, and then I come home the next day, or that night of that day. That's confusing. Um, I come home, and I get home around 3 o'clock in the morning, and just go in my room, pass out, wake up. I'm at wrestling at 8.30. I stay for jujitsu at 9.30 to 10.30, and it was like open mat, so I was just rolling with everyone, just dying. And then right after that, 10... Yeah, 10 to, 10.30 to 11 was strength and conditioning. And that's just, that was our, like, mandatory fight team thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really do it much anymore, I guess. That's wild. Uh, but it was it was our fight team thing. We used to have a class for it up at Rogue. And it was just extremely hard workouts. Like, we were all trying to build thunder thighs like Johnny. <laughs> uh, we were trying to build thunder thighs like Johnny. So, tons of squats. And then I had uh, our advanced Muay Thai, and we were, it was a hard day for us, and we were sparring. So I definitely way overtrained myself, like, looking back on it now. Uh, like, I learned a lot from that event in particular. Uh, you have time. There's plenty of time to do whatever you need to do, whatever you want to do. Like, I, I for some reason, I was like, dude, I am 21. It's now or never. I got to make it. Um... And I was just going hard to the... You were going too much. I was doing it too much. And I wasn't giving my body proper time to recover at all. Um, And I was, like, failing in school. It was the most stressful semester I ever had. And I was was just not in a good place. And I was just way overtraining, like, overcompensating my training with my school time. Do you think it was due to that stress from school that you were overtraining? I think so, partially, something, man. Like, I was doing way too much. I worked two jobs, uh, and that was killing me. It, it was really killing me. I am so glad I only work one job now. Um, I'm much more glad my life is a lot less stressful. Uh, I'm glad I'm fine. Like, I have my associate's degree. I got that back in May. Uh, we're proud of you. Thank you, Dad. Um, thank you, guys. But essentially, like, I was not, a, not in a good place at all. And it was the day after my birthday, like, November 13th, because I was November 12th, baby. And I, I felt amazing. Uh, but I was sparring, and it was, like, 11.50. It wasn't... It was literally, like, towards the end of class. Literally towards the end of class, like... We had two more sparring rounds and then a clinch round. And I was sparring with one of my my coaches uh, and the dude's super controlled, the most controlled dude I know. Like, despite this event happening, which is the wild part, he's one of the coolest guys I know, one of the nicest guys I know. He's helped me out a lot. Uh, But literally, like, it was just, all it was was like, he threw a jab, jab, head kick. And he always threw that combo, and I know that combo, and I block the jab, I eat a jab or something, uh, like I block when I eat one, and then I see the head kick. 
And for some reason, my instinct, like what I wanted to do was like roll through. Like I, for some reason I looked at that and I was like, I'm gonna roll under this shit. And I tried to like roll like what you do when somebody throws a hook at you. Um, and I just, instead of like getting hit by his shin on my head, uh, and I was wearing my headgear and everything like that. And we were wearing all of our shit. And um, I just ducked straight, like I rolled straight into the knee of his kick. And like the combined force of his kick, plus like me moving into it, knee straight in the forehead. I felt fine at first. Like I, it felt like something was off, but it felt like I just got liver shotted or something like that. Like I, was, I knew I was off. Yeah, dude, it was weird. It was like I could, like breathing got a little harder for a second. Uh, and it just, it really felt like a liver shot. Like when you get hit in the liver really good. Uh, I walked around for a sec and I finished the round sparring with him. And then I sparred with literally the, I was saving the hardest guys I could spar with for the last little bit. So I could have like all good rounds to the end, like really push myself after three hours, three and a half hours. I thought like I should push myself even more. Uh, and I sparred with them and dude, I'm just, I'm grateful it wasn't as bad as it could have been because I could have made it a lot worse. I could have gotten really severely injured. Uh, but I had like a depressed left sinus fracture, which is essentially a dent in my forehead where my skull had broke. Uh, and we didn't realize until after the rounds, I take my head gear off and we're getting ready for our clinch rounds. And my coach looks over at me and he's like, yo, I don't think that's right. <laughs> And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, I, I knew something fell off. I was like, yo, is it a hematoma? Just thinking I had like one of those big like blood bubbles, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? And uh, my, co my coach, our, our like head coach, he looks at me and he's like, nah, dude, it's like the opposite. Yeah. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And he like, he like puts his hand on it. It didn't hurt or anything. I just like, I felt his hand go across it and say, like, oh, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, what the fuck? And uh, I go to the bathroom to go check it out. And that's when it like, it really sunk in. And I, my stomach started turning. I was like, oh my God. Like I looked in the mirror and I just saw a dent in my fucking forehead, bro. I looked like a pop balloon. <laughs> Wild, bro. I, that's, that's how I, was, I looked at that. I was like, oh, damn. Uh, and that's what we thought when we saw it too. Dude, and it was wild. It was fucking wild. Like... I'm just glad you're all right. Me too, bro. Uh, and I spent like three months outside of the gym and I just, I had to refocus. I had to do everything. I ended up spending like the same amount of time I spent Muay Thai and training in school. Like I spent three, four hours every day just in the tutoring center and just doing homework, making sure I passed all my classes. Yeah. And I finished all my classes with really good grades. Nice. I pulled everything back. So that was awesome. Uh, but it really, like, I had to realize, like, dude, I was stressing out. Like, I was planning to go to Thailand in January. Yeah, man. Like, that was a real thing. I really had the money. I really was going to do it. Um, and then, like, I was stressing out. I, I didn't think I was ready or anything like that. I was freaking out uh, because I figured out I still needed one more credit hour to graduate school. And... I ended up just focusing down control. Like I worked on controlling what I could control. And one of my other coaches, Mike Caldo, 
the life of a fighter, the life of fitness, the, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> the Thunder Thighs. No, that's me. Oh. I'm the Thunder Thighs. I'm the Jag, bro. Do you know who I am? Harvey Dent. Shut up. <laughs> um, but literally, bro, like I had to resettle, I had to refocus, and I was literally told like I wouldn't be able to fight again without a surgery, and I literally, I sat on that for fucking three months. Yeah. Um, it might yeah. have been like two months, two and a half months. I, I remember. Yeah. And I remember, for those who don't know, we, we work at a restaurant together, and for the first week after Justin got his skull dented, I went up to all of his tables and I said I don't know if you guys noticed but Justin fractured his skull and he's been forgetting things and like repeating himself so if you guys notice any odd behavior we apologize, <laughs> we apologize. but please just take care of him and his tips skyrocketed for like the night <laughs> for like one night one, well, a few tables bro no uh, it, was, it was funny because he really did that and I like I had a table being really mean to me like I had a full section Oh, yeah. And I had a table just being really mean and just really rude. And then he goes over there and tells him that when I'm like running to go get like drinks and stuff. And then I come back and they're just being really sweet. And I was like, yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> oh. <coughs> but yeah, man, I, the doctor was like, you're not going to be able to fight again. You have to have this surgery. Uh, and I go through the whole like skeletal reconstruction phase and I go through not being able to train and working out again and working through workouts and shit like that. And I go back to the doctor because, dude, I love martial arts. I love training. I love fighting. Uh, I didn't care if it was going to make me look like a freak show. I just, I wanted to keep doing it. That's literally, like, I, it's my thing, bro. Like, I really enjoy it. Uh, the reason I get really forgetful when I go to work is... Because you're high. Yeah. No, dude, I do not do the weeds. And, I say this. And you have a brain injury. Yeah. yeah. I've just been on the Delta 8, the legal stuff. It's exactly, bro. He's on the TBI. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yo, once some, you heard of that TBI. Yo, on some real shit, though, did you know they're banning, like, all Delta 8 stuff? I did not know that. Yeah. Here? Ju July 9th. Yeah, in, the, in North Carolina? the big bill that just passed, yeah. Huh. It was crazy. Long story short, I went through that whole phase. I uh, went back and she was like, it's crazy. Your school's healed a lot. It looks really good. Uh, at this point, the most we can do for you is mostly cosmetic. Like you can go back to fighting. And I was, it was an amazing day. Like it was crazy, dude. There was like a freak snowstorm on the way there. And my mom was supposed to go to work. So she was able to like, her work got canceled and she was able to go with me to the doctors. Cause dude, if I would have told my mom that I didn't have to have surgery with, with my forehead after everything that happened, she, she wouldn't have believed me, but there was like a freak snowstorm out of nowhere, bro. It was literally like an hour long, just closed everything down. And she went with me to the appointment and I didn't have to have surgery. I was the happiest guy in the world. And I got back in the gym training. I went to my first jujitsu tournament, signed up in a higher fucking, uh, level like i signed up for intermediate the blue belt level and i actually smashed some dudes i learned a lot it was really cool yeah. uh and i was supposed to fight again and then i got sick for two weeks because of rona because uh, fuck the rona and that's how the jag got in that's kind of how my my martial arts journey has been and your neanderthal DNA. yeah you, dude you very quickly. my neanderthal my, my thick ass the forehead my my thick ass it forehead, right bro. In with that brow ridge, it really right? 
It looks you know, nice, bro. You can bro. barely even see the dent anymore. It is what it is, bro. I'm basically <laughs> Wolverine. I'm still going to call you Two-Face, so. Yeah. I... You're basically the moon that's been hit by an <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> like Dude. a young moon. Yeah. <laughs> I am the fucking Jag, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. We should Did expect, we should expect a Jaguar. Jaguar. Yeah, uh, I believe so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, we're going to go with that. Yeah. What time is it? It's 4.03. Uh, we probably need to start shutting down. She's so, yeah. like that. That's, sorry. That's uh, the the topic completely changed from what we were planning. We just kind of rambled. Yeah, dude, it is what it is. We just talked about random shit. It, that's that's the only way to do it. Uh, yo, but shout out like I got I got a couple surprises for you guys. So check this out. Okay. There's not many, but you know who our second most downloaded? Where our podcast is the second most downloaded at? Meaning. Don't tell me. Or like, you know, meaning like all two downloads. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Actually, yes. Uh, Belgium. What? Belgium. I'm international, baby. The Jagoff Hour is no. international, baby. Uh, Belgium. Seriously, bro. Like number one is tied for Asheville and Belgium. That really doesn't make any sense. You're telling me, bro. They're tied. They're tied. And then third, bro, third is like San Fran and fucking, uh, what's it called? Shout out to Hong Kong. (laughs) Uh, We have have actual people. Yes, bro. That's like, why? Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) No, dude, they downloaded that shit. They went out of their way to download it. Like we have some. I don't know, dude. I thought it was really interesting. That is cool. It is interesting for sure. That's uh, interesting. Because that's three continents right there, bro. Jags already conquered most of the world. Let's go. <laughs> that's, I'm sure. Antarctica when they, doesn't listen, count. Listen, I'm sure. Who lives there? I'm sure when they read the Jagoff Hour, they thought they were getting into something very spicy. Very different yeah. than what they're getting spicy. into. <laughs> Probably. They saw it, they were like, oh, they I They probably thought this. they were going to get some, like, dumb shit, like, talking about, or, like, talking about dumb shit, because it's just the Jagoff hour. It was just like, oh, they're probably just shooting the shit. It's exactly what we're doing. That is basically what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean. You mean, like, shooting jizz and cum? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you mean? That, that is what Bro, no, this... That's the, the after party. The, the title, the title, the Jag... It's basically like think about it, bro. It's the Jags time That's how we off end. the mats, oh. the Jag off hour, because it's like an hour ish long, hour ish long, schlong, hour schlong, hour schlong. Oh shit! <laughs> it's an hour schlong. It's our schlong now. It's <laughs> it's our schlong. Yeah. And with that, and with that, bro. Thanks for tuning in. I just want to give a special thanks to. Just anybody who listened this far, um, I want to give a shout out to our boys in Belgium who might be trying to beat their meat. No, um, <laughs> our dudes in Hong Kong, did, San Fran, ABL, bro. Ain't no shame in the game, bro. If you downloaded the Jagoff Hour to Jagoff, do your thing, bro. Just do your fucking thing, bro. Like all you gotta know, all you all you gotta know. <laughs> Here, like, <laughs> all, you, all you gotta know, guys, is 
Thanks for tuning in. This was the Jag Off Hour with the man, the myth, the thunder thighs. The man himself. El Haguayer. That means and. And I'm pointing to you, bro. What's your name? Billy the Kid. <laughs> Billy the Kid. BTK. The man, BTK. the myth, the legend. The legendary BTK. Yeah. Pederast. Um, Facts. Teodio. <laughs> is that your nickname? My name's the dragon. The dragon? You want people to call you the dragon in Spanish? No. Bro, you the whitest motherfucker. Oh, no, nah, dude. You got a tattoo. That shit is pretty hard. <laughs> okay. Sasquatch. Uh, I have a hairy no, ass. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't need a nickname. Sasquatch and oh. Professor Pugis, man. Thank you so much <laughs> for being yeah. here, guys. Thanks for your time. I'll talk to you guys soon. I'll block. <laughs> Every time he says Professor Fugus, it makes me Morty where to, Rick has the I don't need a tap, bro. This I'm not, I'll break your arm from here. Really? Yeah, dude. Look, the dog will protect me too. Look, wrist lock. Ah, dead. Guys, I just tapped out Lucas. And that was the end of this week's Jagoff Hour. I hope this was a great start to y'all's week. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Hasta luego, chicos.